to Radio Trivia Podcast Edition, or good morning slash good evening, because this is a Trans-Pacific podcast. I am with James Charlton here from uh, from Tokyo. That's right. Radio Trivia a go-go, baby. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a long time, man. Yep. Episode 85. Wow. That was probably like a year ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. It was called Super Podcast ultra remix uh it was uh december 2010 oh man wow <laughs> yeah i didn't have a baby at that point so it is a long time ago <laughs> different era different era yeah i was probably a lot more awake in that episode <laughs> yeah well uh for, for those who are newer to the podcast james is on uh quite frequently when i was uh stationed in japan because uh he was like the only other person in my time zone. So <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's good to have you back, man. Yeah, it's good to um, be back. Yeah, I've uh, I don't think I've slept since the previous episode, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we better make this a quick episode <laughs> so you can catch some Z's. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, I'm caffeinated. I'm ready to go. Let's do this thing.
right track. That is a very zany song. Yeah, it's quite hard to tell, you know, uh, where that's supposed to be, you know, set, that music, isn't it? Like, <laughs> Yeah, well, and there's a reason for that. We can, we can talk about it yeah. <laughs> would really reveal the game. But uh, here's the second song, which might be more helpful. The Smell of Victory, that song. <laughs> yeah, this game has some really good music. All right, well, here's your question. Maybe you remember this. In which game mode can you compete against several computer opponents in a single location of your choosing?
awesome. I forgot how good the music is to this game. Because, you know, you're usually listening to this music coming out of a tiny little speaker. <laughs> but to hear it, yeah. you know, to hear it in full quality, you know, through headphones, it sounds really good, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So what, what game is this, James? This is uh, Mario Kart Advance in Japanese, or yes. Super Circuit everywhere else. So um, this is the uh, Game Boy Advance Mario Kart, of course. And right, which you can also play on um, on your 3DS if you're an ambassador. Yes, indeed. But, uh, I'm not sure why you'd want to do that. Um, I think the game uh, itself is really difficult to revisit. Um, I mean, it, I... I played the crap out of this game when I was when it first came out, you know. Me too. And um, but I went back to it. I just can't. There are just some really wonky things about it in terms of the controls and um, the remade levels from the, from the Super uh, Nintendo game are kind of borked. They don't have like pipes. You know, it's sort of like it's a sanitized version <laughs> of of the tracks. So. Um, uh, I, I have trouble revisiting this game, but I do have fond memories of it. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel the same as you. I mean, I I, I don't find it as difficult to go back to it, and I have played it on the uh, 3DS uh, mm-hmm. Ambassador games, and I, I I did get back into it. But you know, it's it is hard, you know, considering what games we've had since then <laughs> to go back to it. I do understand where people are coming from, but. Um, I do think it's a good game, and and, uh, and it's kind of like it's you've got to kind of jog your memory how to play the game again. It's like right. re- relearning a language you f- you learned in high school or something, isn't it? It's like like how do you do this again? It's like it takes a while to get back into it. But well, you have to rely far more heavily on turning. Um, there's, there's a lot of really slippery turning in the game, and, and it's reliable, but you, you really got to change your timing a lot yeah. for this game if you're used to another Mario Kart Yeah, it's game. the timing, isn't it? The timing. You've got to turn before the turn. You know, and, yeah. In a lot of new Mario Karts, it's very, very you know, lenient with how you mm-hmm. can turn. You can just turn as you get to it to turn, but this one you've got to think ahead, and which is kind of how why I like it. It's a real, like racing game it's a real like you know you've got a race in this game mm-hmm. you can't just yeah. like fluke it you can't just rely on items to like help you catch up or something you've got to be good at racing and um even like you know the way the uh, the power slides work in this game to, to get a, a boost in the in the game since then it's just kind of waggle the stick back and forward or you know just slide for whatever three or four seconds to to make the smoke come out or for something to turn red but in this one how you boost is you have to perform a perfect power slide you can't touch the side and you can't go on the roof you have to slide around the corner and release the button and then you get the boost so it just feels so satisfying and that's uh, the same as the super nintendo game yeah the super nintendo didn't have the the little boost but um if you turned really well in the Super Nintendo game, the motor would go up a slight pitch for a couple of seconds. And I, I don't have Defender Proof that made you go faster, but I don't know why they would do that. I don't think it goes up a pitch. I think it it stays at the same pitch. And if you keep it the pitch constant, that, that means you're going, you know, top speed. So you're like, you don't slow I, down at all. But maybe this, I, I the sound... <laughs> I, so yeah. I, I think uh, I, I think there is a 
kind of like how in that interview with, uh, I guess it was Kono, he said that in the Super Nintendo game there actually is drifting. Um, if you get behind someone, you actually do get a little speed boost, but there's no visual cue. Huh. Uh, so I, I think actually what you're ta- describing for the Game Boy Advance game actually exists for the Super Nintendo game as well. It just isn't... They just made it more obvious. Yeah. yeah. Possibly, yeah. You, you could be right, but it also could be just the sound of the sliding on the track it kind of blocks out the engine sound for a moment, and then when it kicks in again, you think it's gone up a tone. When maybe. It's, it's, maybe it's yeah, just an audio fine. trick. But um, Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, in this one, they made it, uh, you know, they made it part of the game. They made it, you know, very obvious. That, right. That's what you're supposed to do, and that's the only way you can do it. There's no spamming it, you know, you have to do it yeah. well. And if you watch videos of, you know, skillful players playing this game, and, and it's just like, um, you're just like hopping around the track without touching the sides, and you're just boosting in every corner, and, and uh, when you get really good at it, it just you just feel really, you know, badass at it. You know, it's a very kind of top le- top level kind of racing game once you get into you know that level of it, which I don't think any of the other games have had since then. There were a lot of ways to spam it and cheat and you know, yeah, pulling, pulling wheelies and you know jamming the stick back and forth and all this kind of thing. There's always ways to cheat. They've tried to prevent that, but you know there are there are ways to cheat it, and, and this one is no cheating. Well, I have to say I. I kind of burned burned out on Mario Kart lately. <laughs> I I, to- I totally did not get into the Wii game and, and so I haven't even I have not picked up a 3DS game because I I fear it'll just sort of sit in the shelf um, or the virtual shelf or the case whatever you want to call it. But um, I like Mario Kart 7 fine but yeah, I know what you mean. I think the the sparkle, the magic is gone, hasn't it? Yeah, it seems kind of at least the Wii game felt kind of bland and it didn't help but it didn't really have a lot of people to play with locally. So, um, I, d- I doubt that would change for 3DS. So, um, no, and the the online features aren't as good as I'd hope for Mario Kart 7. Um, but you know, when this when Super Circuit came out, it was just like you know, it was the best racing game for the for the handheld at the time, and probably I'd probably say it's probably still the best even looking back. Yeah, I know some people like Konami Crazy Races or whatever. Yeah, I own that game as well. It's a pretty good game. Why why racing? <laughs> yeah. Why 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 racing? I don't you know I don't think we've actually used that uh, on the show. Maybe we have. You've got to use that. You've got to use that uh, somewhere yeah. on this, <laughs> either on this episode or in a future episode. Got to hear the Why Why song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you ever play this uh, Super Circuit with friends? Uh, I probably was able to a little bit. I mean, certainly there was the download play thing where yeah. everyone's playing as Yoshi. That's how I played it first. Yeah. The good thing about the versus game on this on this uh, game is that you can turn off items and just do racing. Just yeah. only have coins on the track and that's it. So it's just you know it's completely skill based. You know, there's no attacking each other. You just got to collect coins, do perfect turns, and win. You know, and uh, I kind of miss that. Well, I guess the GameCube game kind of had that feature too, didn't it? You could turn off at least some of the items, I, I seem to recall. Some. The keyword there is yeah. some, right? <laughs> Even in Mario Kart 7, they've got something like that. Yeah. You can turn off well, some items. Um, we should probably answer the question here. The, the, the Game Boy Advance game introduced a mode called Quick Run, where um, it's essentially a, a GP race, but you can choose just one of them in any one level you want. So it's sort of... 
again, something they introduced because it was portable and they wanted people to be able to kind of play, a, you know, just a really short race. Um, you know, because otherwise you would have just had to play time trial if you wanted to do a, a single race, right? So, yeah, it's kind of an obvious feature, isn't it? Yeah, it's a smart feature to include, I think. It's, I wonder why they haven't done that. I mean, they've done it with multiplayer. You can play with bots in multiplayer, right? But uh, for some reason, you can't do uh, a race with uh, just bots. It's kind of strange, isn't it? I guess this is the only version ever to do that. Well, we, sh- we should probably move on before you get too tired. So, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. I'm doing good. All right. Okay, here's the second game. It's like the uh, the startup song of some kind of sci-fi movie.
creepy. Very creepy. Oh, so scary. <laughs> All right. Well, do you want to ask the question here? Sure. So the question is, what number did the original version of this game have in its title before it was scrapped and revamped into this game? So uh, this game is Resident Evil 2. I think you're supposed to pause a little long before you say 2. Isn't it like <laughs> Resident Evil 2? Two? Two? <laughs> <laughs> There's a kind of question, uh, <laughs> question mark at the end of that one. Yes, Biohazard 2. So um, This is the GameCube version. So, yeah, originally for the PlayStation and then ported to pretty much everything. Um, I've played this on quite a few different systems, actually. Um, but the only version I've owned was the uh, N64 one, which came out very, very late uh, compared to the other versions. Obviously, the PS1 version was first, and then there was the, the PC one, the Dreamcast one. 
Uh, well, I guess the GameCube one was the, the last, but yeah. And apparently even a Game.com version. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see that. I can that. only imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, this, this game, it was kind of like, um, when I played it, you know, I didn't have a PlayStation. When I played it at my friend's house who did have a PlayStation, I was like, you know, very jealous. And when I, when I f heard that it was coming to the N64, you know, I saved up. You know, I think this was a, quite an expensive cartridge at the time because it was, you know, whatever, megabytes, megabits, yeah. 5,000 megabit cartridge or whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't think it was probably that. That was probably. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I remember put it, putting you know, quite a lot of uh, pounds into this game. It was, uh, I remember it being physically heavy, the cartridge. It was physically heavier than any of my other cartridges. So, yeah, that's, that's your money's worth. <laughs> so it was, I guess it was all the FMV, that, which was quite incredible how they managed to fit it all in there. Although it did yeah. end up looking like a, you know, CDI quality video by the end of it. <laughs> Heavily compressed. <laughs> Heavily compressed. But it was all in there, and uh, it didn't look too bad. Um, and the N64 had, one had, you know, a few extra features like you could change the blood color and uh, had random item positions, so it was a little bit different each time you played it. Okay. Which was kind of cool. Um, but um, strangely, it didn't have some other options that the uh, the DualShock because there was a PS1 had a DualShock version, which is what the GameCube version is based on apparently. Um, there were some features not. Uh, in the uh, N64 one that were in that one, so it's kind of like a mishmash, I guess. Okay, but but this is ultimately a, a game very much in the style of the original Resident Evil, the with the FMV backgrounds and you walk around and the, the Resident Evil that everyone loves slash hates. <laughs> Apparently, this is the best-selling version, like on a singular pl platform. You know, so, so is this like everyone bought it and then was really upset with it? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I guess before it went multi-platform, right? This way. When it was yeah. only a PlayStation game, this was the, the biggest selling version ever. Because um, it was such a big improvement over the first one, it was like, because you could play as uh, two characters, but you know each character had a completely different story, like a different point of view. Like, yeah. um, if you finished playing the game with one character, you could immediately go back and play with the, you know, uh, God, it's Leon, isn't it? It's Leon and uh, Claire, I think. Yeah, I think so. And you well, can just what do go I know back. about Resident Evil? <laughs> <laughs> and just like immediately, even from the first scene, you know, you, you're seeing things from a, you know the other side of a, a scene that uh, you were with the other character. So you immediately knew, you know, this was going to be different, which is quite uh, amazing if you think about it. You know how much, um, how difficult that was to program, you know, two scenarios in one kind of thing, and, and have them link up and you know cross over with the story and everything. Very, very clever. And as you heard, the music is awesome. You know, um, it's got so many good pieces of music in this game. Lots of piano and just very atmospheric. It um, actually reminds me a little bit of uh, Metroid Other M, or maybe you should say it the other way around. Um, <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, that first track you played, yeah. I don't think they have the same composers, but certainly there's a similar vibe. I mean,. Piano and atmospheric and yeah. kind of sci-fi. I mean, I, there's a lot of similarities. Yeah, I don't know if you can uh, dig up the save room music, but uh, I find that especially creepy. I mean, it's a it's a it's a theme that's used in all 
I think. Well, a lot of Resident Evil games, and uh, it's especially good in this one. Just very, very creepy. Even though it's a safe room, you still don't feel that safe, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a very creepy game, and uh, it just so expansive. You know, have been from being stuck in the mansion the whole time in the, right. in the other one, and then yeah. just being in this police station and the whole and a city and everything. It's just like, yeah, it just felt very. Uh, expansive compared to the other ones the other one at that time good times so the uh, the question so um originally this uh in the kind of i guess alpha or beta stage it was called resident evil 1.5 it was um and then it was completely scrapped and uh, they they did a kind of futuristic um police station apparently um but then the, uh, I guess it was Shinji Mikami, I guess, uh, just kind of decided to scrap it because he said it was boring and uh, redid it with the, you know, the more traditional uh, police station that we saw in the final version. Hmm. Yeah, but I guess the ROMs of the, the 1.5 around and you can, you know, play around with it, but I don't know how hard that is to do, but it w might be interesting to see how different it was from uh, the one that finally got released. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not a big fan, TYP? <laughs> well, you know, I, I played um, the the first GameCube remake and I rented the uh, Resident Evil Zero. Um, but that's as much exposure as I need to to traditional Resident Evil. Um, you know, I played, I played RE4. What, you don't like tank games? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, apparently they were going to remake this in the same vein as what they did with the first one, but um, it uh, never got past the you know the planning stage, I guess. But yeah, I would love to see that. Yeah, I, I suspect that they probably didn't sell well enough. I don't know if it was that they did Resident Evil One remake and it sold well, and then Zero kind of was a bomb, maybe. Um, yeah, they should have done two instead of zero. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't know why people complained so much about zero. I, I thought it was fine, but I, again, I had not yet been burned out on, on classic Resident Evil, so... Hmm. I like zero, but um, it would have been nice to have, you know, that come last, you know, have one, two, then zero or something like that. Instead of zero, you know, making sure that no other games ever got made after that. <laughs> the GameCube. <laughs> yeah, I liked it, but I guess lots of people didn't. Alright. Game three.
Well, it's 8-bit. <laughs> <laughs> Very 8-bit. quite sure I have no idea. Well, then here's a question that might help you. Which four teams are only playable with the use of a cheat device? Hmm. Lots of bits. Um, so you said teams, right? So yes, it must be teams. some kind of sports game. Um, yeah. Huh. Eight-bit sports game. Eight-bit sports game. Wow, that's a tough one. Um, I only know of the dodgeball game. Uh, <laughs> what else did they have? I don't know. So Technos made several of these kinds of games. This is another one of them. This is oh, okay. um, this is in Japan. It's known as a Super Spike Volleyball. I, I get confused as to where it's re one region. It's called U.S. Championship V-Ball, and in the other regions it's called Super Spike Volleyball. And I can never keep it straight which region is which. Okay. But they're the same game. 
and it was originally released in arcade and then it was brought to the NES. Probably looks a little better on the arcade version, but uh, you know, them them's were the times. It's a pretty straightforward uh, volleyball game. I think it is very similar to the dodgeball game in, in kind of style and structure. Um, you know, it's a world tour cup kind of a thing where you go around the world fighting different, fighting or competing against different uh, teams. Is this men's volleyball? Okay, this is men's volleyball. Uh, at least it's supposed to be. I, I don't. It seems like when we were doing the dodgeball game, someone made an allusion to uh, uh, volleyball as a precursor to uh, <laughs> more uh, more modern volleyball games that have been released. Um, Zach Miller's games, they're... yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, just for Zach. <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> there are a few female teams. Apparently, they aren't playable normally. I don't I don't know if they're like uh, special teams you play against at some point in the game. But uh, if you use like a game genie type device, you can play as them. Ah, I see. So you want to have the hot eight bit babes? You got to get the game genie. Out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I could just imagine a, an eight year old Zach doing that. Uh, people think pretty highly of all these technos uh, kind of sports games uh, from the 8-bit era so was it on RFN when they revealed that um, that there was a four-player mode in one of them like it was kind of like a cheat oh no sorry uh, Greg mentioned that on uh, it was a different game wasn't it that was uh, the Goemon game but uh, yeah, I heard yeah, that there's a similar on. thing. Yeah, there's a similar thing in the maybe the dodgeball game. You could actually, you could actually play a four-player game by plugging extra controllers in or something like that. But it it was kind of like it wasn't really meant to do that, and uh, ah. kind of slowed down a lot. <laughs> oh, so it was like a feature they tried to do but never yeah. got working well. So they never advertised it, but they never pulled it out of the game either. <laughs> yeah, I think something like that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love features like that, though. Um, you know, like hidden multiplayer games or yes, something I, like that. I wonder what will happen if I do this. You know? yeah. so. Well, that, that's pretty cool. I, uh, I I don't have anything else to say about this game. I'm sorry. Uh, Jovial Jeffer requested this game. Uh, and so uh, thank you for your game request. Uh, we have one more game request here, so uh, we should probably move on.
That's very uh, patriotic. Yeah, very patriotic, yes. Yeah, just salute the flag and move on. there was a bit of a, a, a problem with Skype then because it sounded like it was being played underwater that last song <laughs> <laughs> it was like rrr, 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 rrr. very good that, that's what it's supposed to be yes <laughs> okay Under, underwater orchestra time <laughs> under which ocean was this video game soundtrack recorded under <laughs> that's the question <laughs> No, no, no. Here's the question. Okay. So this game is arguably a part of which series?
Okay. Yay. Yay. Another victorious uh, kind of uh, sounding track there. Well, yeah, a lot, most of the game soundtrack sounds like that. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's appropriate. Uh, um, so this is um, Battalion Wars, right? This is Battalion Wars for the GameCube. Uh, it's a, a long, outstanding request uh, from 120, uh, which I'm, I'm glad I was finally able to uh, to fulfill. Let's hope he still listens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember exactly when he requested, but it was a while ago. Okay. If you're still alive, there you go. <laughs> You know, I, I guess people may be familiar with this uh, this game, or at least its sequel. Uh, there was a sequel released for Wii. Um, this is a, a Kuju Entertainment game. It's um, kind of a third-person real-time strategy. It's it's cartoony. Um, so at first glance, it may look kind of like a um, whatever a third-person shooter game, but it, it's only kind of sort of like that i mean it, you run around as a guy and you're shooting things but you know there's health bars that show up and you're i think you're commanding these little like mini units that like are like half the size of you and uh, it's all kind of zany and and uh you know your commander is talking to you and it's like war is fun <laughs> you know <laughs> so, um yeah everything is very chunky isn't it chunky chunky chunk thanks yeah, 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 and um, so it's, it seems pretty silly. I, I don't think there was any multiplayer in this game. I think that was kind of what people uh, complained about the most. But it, it seems like it's pretty well put together. Um, I, I don't, you know, I've never played the game, so I can't speak to the controls or anything. But it has a, a fairly uh, appealing visual style, in my opinion. And um, and you know, the, the presentation is very interesting. So I, I know this game does have a following. It clearly did well enough to warrant a, a sequel. I don't know how well that did. Yeah, that one had uh, online as well, right? I remember that would being one of the first online Wii games. Yeah, I wonder how well that worked out. <laughs> uh, what with the front code system and all. Um, no voice chat in a game where you meant to <laughs> play cooperatively with somebody. Oh God! Yeah, I'm sure it was, worked out great. Um, so yeah, I mean, this game was developed completely separately from the Advance Wars series, but there was kind of a push, I guess, after it was well, well along to associate it with uh, the Advance Wars series. Um, I guess not unlike you know other franchises that have been repurposed for um, games like you know Kirby Epic Yarn and and Dinosaur Planet things like that, but. Um, but I, I guess maybe there was some pushback or whatever. So in America, it's called Battalion Wars. There isn't any real explicit linkage to Advance Wars. Although um, you could still argue there were links made in the marketing campaign. What was it called in Japan? Was it called Famicom Wars? Or? Yeah, in, in, in Japan it was, um, uh, I don't know the full name, but it definitely had Famicom Wars in the, in the, game, in the title. Probably so. Va- Famicom Wars GC or something. <laughs> It wasn't quite. It was, it's like Utsuke, I don't know, Famicom Wars or something. Or yeah, it's called uh, Totsugeki Famicom Uozu. Um, <laughs> Totsugeki Famicom Wars, because Uozu obviously is wars. Wars, well, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah, 
very good then. I wonder what Totsugeki means. Oh, charge, charge! Totsugeki ah, Famicom okay. Wars. Okay. It's interesting that they kept the Famicom uh, moniker in there, even though it's, you know, on a GameCube. <laughs> it doesn't look anything like a Famicom game. Yeah. <laughs> if we tell them it's associated with the 8 bit game, people will buy it. I mean, why didn't they just call, you know, New Super Mario Brothers, you know, New Famicom Mario Brothers or something? But there you go. So this, um, obviously the Wii one was based off this one, right? Yeah, it was a direct sequel, I believe. I think it took place in the same kind of universe. Yeah, I always thought it was interesting. I always wanted to have a go at it, but not enough to spend money on buying it. <laughs> just yeah. Maybe if there was a demo for it, I would be interested in... Uh, playing that but um, yeah it looks fun it does look like a lot of fun yeah and I like Advanced Wars so well that's what they want you to think see this doesn't really have much to do with Advanced Wars in terms of the gameplay I mean it's it's all real time um, and Advanced Wars is turn based yes yeah but sometimes I think that you know when playing Advanced Wars you know wouldn't it be nice to be in real time mm. sometimes okay so there you go. Yeah, I might I might check out at least the Wii version anyway. Or if I see the GameCube one for super cheap. Yep. Okay, well, we got one last game here. Um, so enjoy. a very, very happy song.
That's a very calm song. Yeah, short, but I thought it was kind of a fun little song. So I included it. For some reason, it reminds me of Illusion of Gaia, but even though I'm not quite sure why. Maybe it's the instrument they use. I don't know. The uh, pheromone-esque instrumentation. Pheromone, always a fun instrument to listen to, (laughs) especially live. So um, should I read the question? Sure. Uh, What is the name of the talking weather gear in this game? song so we had happy mm. calm happy do you need any more hints people <laughs> it wasn't an angry or a sad song mm. yes so this is uh super princess peachy super princess peach for the ds yeah a game i've never really had any interest in or played you think i would but no no, I had this game. My, um, I I got it for my then uh, girlfriend and now wife, and uh, I I'm not ashamed to admit that I enjoyed it too. <laughs> I I mean I asked her. I mean, are you offended by the fact that you know on the touch screen you can press buttons to make her <laughs> calm, happy, angry, or sad, and she does very <laughs> kind of. Uh, stereotypical sexist uh, things when you press those buttons and uh, she she had no problems with it. (laughs) Well, Japanese people, for some reason, they don't think along those lines. That just seems to be my observation of the culture. They don't really think about that. It's sort of, yeah, that's just the way it is, right? Women do that. Yeah, yeah, women do that, that, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It is so true. And And even my wife said that and she is Japanese, so... If she yeah. doesn't care, if she doesn't care, we shouldn't care. <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I, I just just looking at the wiki on this. One of the di- directors is Azusa Tajima. Azusa is a is a, a lady's name. So you got a guy and a girl directing this game, and uh, I could just imagine them as like bickering married couples and saying, you know, why do you always get angry? Yeah, that gave, <laughs> that that gives me an idea. <laughs> we gotta put that in. There. <laughs> yeah. Why did you calm down? <laughs> um, uh, well, so, so this is a Tose game. I was going to make a joke until I looked it up and said, oh, yeah, it is actually a Tose game. <laughs> <laughs> so that must mean there is something wrong with this game. So what, what's wrong with this game? Well, it's incredibly easy. Um, oh, okay. 
I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with it, other than being, you know, very easy and uh, sexist. <laughs> um, it's it's a solid game. It's got lots of things to unlock and do, and uh, it follows this, you know, typical Mario structure: eight worlds and rescuing people at the end of each world. This time you're rescuing Mario and Luigi as Princess Peach, which is a, a nice little role reversal, I think. Why would Bowser want to capture Mario and Luigi, though? Um, the, the foil him from his plans of conquering the like the island or something, or I mean, cause clearly it's not because like he wants to have Mario and Luigi for himself. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, so many hidden subste- subtext in this game. Um, <laughs> I can't remember. There is there is some ridiculous plot contrivance that uh, okay. that explains that, which I have forgotten. <laughs> it's super. It's super important. Super important for understanding yeah. this game. <laughs> um, this doesn't actually even take part in um, the Mushroom Kingdom. It's on a, an island called Vibe Island. Mm. Um, Bad vibe to vibes, that yeah. kind of thing. Yes, exactly. So, uh, is, is the pacing more like like a Yoshi's Island or? Yeah, they do, they do have some forced. Um, scrolling ones and also you can go there are some like ones where you have to kind of backtrack a bit and go back to where you came from uh, you get something and you go back and you and you unlock it or something um, so there, yeah it's a bit Yoshi's Island I guess more Yoshi's Island than Mario than, than a traditional Mario um, um, I, I mean they don't have question blocks or you know ugh, not, I mean, they do, but in, it's they don't work in the same way. You know, she doesn't have power-ups, so to speak. You know, you don't hit a block to get, you know, a mushroom or something. Um, there are lots of, you know, Super Mario-esque items and things in the game, but um, they're all, like, a little bit different. You know, the art, the art style is, is quite different, too, so... Um, but, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things to do in this game. I remember the, the unlocks were, you know, you had to do to, to get everything. You had to find a lot of little uh, jigsaw pieces, and mm, um, yes. to complete the puzzle pieces and stuff like that. Kind of like uh, similar to how it works on the, the street pass thing, I guess. Um, you know, you got all these uh, jigsaws to complete and stuff, but you got uh, yeah, music unlocks and stuff. You, I think you found musical notes or something like that. Uh, but you know, just exploring the world and fi- finding these objects, you know, the things you got were not particularly interesting. But just like finding them, and uh, like the the puzzles in, in in how you got these pieces were more interesting things to do. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot to it. There's a, you know, you think it, you're just gonna breeze through it in an afternoon, but well, you could probably breeze through it in an afternoon. But like to get everything, it takes a little bit longer. Well, that's good, and that's again kind of consistent with uh, a lot of you know she's Island and some other platformers like that, where really the challenge is in in getting some of the bonus items and and the little kind of pseudo puzzles that uh that are embedded within you know Mario Land Shake. It had a lot of that too. Yeah, and uh, it's almost like a precursor to Super Mario 3D Land 3D on the 3DS, where you know everything had Tanuki tails, like the bullet bills had Tanuki tails and everything like that. Like in this one, I remember um, 
the Goombas and things like that, they were, you had like crying Goombas and angry Goombas and, uh, you know, things representing each of the four uh, uh, kind of personalities or moods, I guess, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. You know? Having all the enemies affected by, you know, the thing that, that Peach can do. Now, one of the gimmicks is her umbrella, right? Or yeah, a parasol, parasol, or whatever it is. <laughs> Perry the parasol. Perry the parasol, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, how does that affect the gameplay? Is that, like, what enables her to change attitudes, or is that... No, 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 the, you just press on the on the touchscreen. The touchscreen is just split into four sections. And as long as you, you're fully charged... Um, then you can uh, you can you can activate the moods anytime. So the the parasol is just for attacking. So you can do oh, yeah you can do. I think you can unlock extra moves as well. That's another thing you have you can unlock. You can do like slides along the ground. You know like Mega Man style slide mm-hmm. and the glide and you know different kind of. You can charge up your parasol almost like uh, in Zelda. You know how you can fire a beam out of it and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and there's lots of moves to do, which you, you, you start off with just a basic, you know, smack on the head, but you can do lots of things by the end. And I remember the, they all had stupid names like Slidebrella and Sunbrella and things like that. <laughs> Each name had a different stupid thing. <laughs> well, one of the songs is called Subbrella, so is there some sort of transformation yeah. or something where it turns into a submarine yeah, or something? Yes, it does. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yes, and I remember you can blow into the microphone or something to like fire uh, fire bubbles. Uh, but you, d- you don't you don't need to, but you know you, that's how you if you want to kill an enemy you can. I think it's easier just to avoid it <laughs> rather than feeling faint blowing into the microphone. All right, well we're gonna end this super sexist show with uh, <laughs> <laughs> with uh, a a plug for uh, the Famicast, of course. You can hear Jimmy C on uh, the Famicast. I'm the only guy who calls him Jimmy C, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a good one. It's a good one. The March the March episode um, has got the full Famicast crew. We, we've even got uh, Minoru, our, oh, wow. our Japanese correspondent, on. So. We've got a full five five man team on there. Uh, I wouldn't want to edit that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's in two sections. We've got three, uh, four, uh, four guys, then three guys. Excellent. <laughs> it's good times. Good times. So if you have a game request, you can email me at typ at nintendoworldreport.com or you can check out the show notes uh, linked in the RSS feed and uh, there is in there a a link to the form where you can uh, shoot me an email. So uh, next week or next episode, I'm I'm anticipating, uh, is just a little teaser, I'm anticipating uh, Greg being on the show. Uh, because um, British uh, back-to-back <laughs> episodes. Yes, uh, so you're gonna get your feel of that. It, it, it'll be a little delayed, um, but uh, yes, you know Greg is not going to Paxis, which means he's he's not bogged down with the recording and editing. So um, I'm really hoping to uh, make that happen. So uh, look forward to that as well. It's like a vacation for him, isn't it? Coming yeah, no, it's like a, it's a, coming coming here is a vacation for Greg. Yes, so uh, with that, I'm, I'm going to say uh, good morning or or good night, uh, depending on where you live, and uh, see you next time. See ya.
Mario Kart Super Circuit is copyright 1992-2001 Nintendo. Resident Evil 2 is copyright 1998-2003 Capcom. Super Strike V-Ball is copyright 1988-1989 Techno Japan Corp. Italian Wars is copyright 2005 Nintendo. Super Princess Peach is copyright 2005-2006 Nintendo. Actually, I, I did want to mention what the heck it was that first song from Mario Kart was from. We, we kind of alluded to it. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's a uh, it's the cheese level. It's like <laughs> on the moon or something. Oh right, it's called like Cheap Cheap Park, isn't it? Cheese Land or something. Oh, cheese Land. It's, it's clearly the moon. So it's like a moon made of cheese. I don't know. It was just a really zany thing. I think they're like mice that you have to avoid too. So yes, they're mice yes. living on this cheese moon. And as reflected in the in the sound effects and the in the music, <laughs> so uh, super cheesy.